everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Anybody here have any Velcro on? Velcro? Anybody have anything with Velcro on? Just lift your hand. I'm not going to call you out of the audience, but if you have Velcro. Velcro is crazy, isn't it? I've been doing some research on Velcro recently. It was invented in 1948 by this Swiss mountaineer named George de Mestrel. He went out hunting with his dog. He comes back and he has these burrs caught in his clothing and he's like, man, there's something to this. And this engineer invented Velcro. You got one strip with a bunch of loops, another strip with a bunch of hooks. You put them together, boom, it sticks. I read some interesting facts about Velcro. Would you like to hear them? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. I I found, and I found this hard to believe. In fact, my entire family doubted me, but it's true because Wikipedia said it. No, no, it's it's true. This is a fact. It's in a book written about, you know, crazy things. But it said that a five-inch strip of Velcro can hold up to one ton. A two-inch strip of Velcro can hold a 175-pound man. That's some serious strength. Velcro. Velcro. What a brilliant invention. Just some hooks and some loops, and you got Velcro. It sticks. I mean, it's there. Today I'm talking about this Hebrew word. This word is a word pronounced chesed. Say it with me, chesed. I'll write it. You know, when you pronounce Hebrew, it's, it sounds gross, but it's almost like a, a, a dog who's a little bit sick. Chesed, chesed. And don't spit on the person in front of you. Let's say it again, one, two, three, chesed. Chesed is a deep word. We're hungry for chesed. We need some serious chesed. We need some chesed, H-E-S. E, D. What does hesed mean? Hesed means love. We're hungry for love. Hesed means mercy. We need some mercy. We need to get messed up by mercy. Hesed means uh, loyalty. Man, do we need some loyalty or what? In our world today, we need loyalty. So hesed is a cluster of words, love and mercy and loyalty, kindness. Whoa. We don't have an English word that is like hesed. We don't have one. The best definition that I can come up with, just to dumb it down, and not that this is dumb by any stretch of the imagination, if you had to just, just pretty much put the cards on the table, what is Hesed? Here's what Hesed is. Hesed is loyal love. Say that with me, loyal love. Hesed. We've been studying the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth is nestled over in the Old Testament. It is a true, true love story. And one of the themes of the book of Ruth, one of the theological themes is this word, hesed. 
Say it with me again. Hesed. So what does Ruth mean? Very, very quickly, it means this. You ready for this? She said, he said, hesed. Yeah, yeah, that's what it means. She said, he said, hesed. She said, he said, hesed. She said, he said, hesed. That's the way of Ruth. He said, she said, hesed. Remember that movie, Eat, Pray, Love? Remember that? It was written, it was done after a book that came out in 2006, Eat, Pray, and Love, a woman's journey through all these different countries. Eat, Pray, and Love. Ruth is about... She said, he said, hesed. Ruth is also about eat, pray, and love. Think about it. It's about food. Girl named Naomi was in God's country. She goes, you know what? I want to move my family and my sons to Moab. God said, don't mess around with Moab. There's bad mojo in Moab. They went because of a famine in God's land caused by the disobedience of God's people. That's a whole other message. They moved to Moab because of a lack of food. Then, after Naomi's husband dies, after her two sons die, if you want to talk about suffering, if you want to talk about difficulty, their graves are still fresh, Naomi decides to move back from Moab by herself because of food. There was a barley harvest happening in Israel. God began to bless his people again. So the book of Ruth, she said, he said, hesed. It's also about eating. It's also about praying. Now, now this is crazy here. This will mess up some theology in some people's lives here. When, when Naomi was going through all of the suffering. When her two daughters-in-law, these two widows, were going through this suffering, they poured their heart out to God. I mean, they were praying, God, why? God, I'm a good girl. God, I've done what you wanted me to do most of the time. God, why? Why have you caused this, God? And, and at first you read it and you go, wow. I mean, that's, that's some serious anger and tension and angst. You mean you're saying that to God? But, but it's called a lament. So often we forget how to pour our hearts out to God. God can take our junk and funk. God can take our anger. God can take our doubts. God can take our questions. Oh, and okay, and speaking about doubt, next weekend we're doing a whole message on doubt. You ever doubt? I do. This thing will blow you away. Invite your friends next week. We're talking about about with doubt. That's the advertisement for next week. Anyway, back to Naomi. She's like, I mean, she's pouring it out there. She's saying it. Now, many times in the church, we think the church should be all stuffy and uh, very conservative. And when we cough, <coughs> it needs to be in the worship guide. Why are so many churches uptight? That's the influence, do your history, of Greek stoicism on the church. Now, I understand God's a God of order. We don't go crazy and swing from the chandeliers and take laps. and do. I'm not saying we do that. But I am saying there needs to be some freedom. We need to, when we pray, to pour our hearts out to God. Even when you're angry, even when you doubt, even when you go through a time of suffering or loss, because many times... I deal with people, I don't know what to say. 
some close friends of mine, a God-honoring family, some of the best Christians I know. This guy is a leading pastor. He has a few days left before he clocks out, before he dies. He has a disease. I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. I know we live in a fallen place. I don't know what to say to him. All I can do is Hesed. Hesed comes from God, and we have the opportunity to give Hesed to others. Here's what's interesting about Hesed. Hesed is not fair. People are like, oh man, I want, I want something that's fair. Quid pro quo. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. This ain't fair. Hesed's not fair. Fair? God's favor is not fair. Fair? Balanced? You see any balance with God sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins? That's balanced? It's like, we, we, we des- I deserve that? Man, what are you smoking? I don't deserve it. De- no, we don't deserve that. It's not fair. It's not balanced. So we have this, this girl. They got three chicks who've been filleted by grief. Chick-fil-A, thank you. <laughs> and suffering. And Naomi is like, man, it's about eating. It's about praying. She's pouring her heart out to God. And now we find out it's about loving. Hesed, loyal love, loyal love. We're hungry for Hesed. I think it's so interesting that our world is all about feelings. We're still following, you know, some of the 19th century figures, the Thoreaus, the others, who were about self-actualization and, 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 and all about feelings and the mantra in today's world, we're intoxicated by it, is, okay, if you feel it, it must be real. And if I don't feel the love anymore, I'm out. If I, if I don't have this emotion, I, if I don't feel it, I don't feel in love anymore, I'm, I'm gone. I don't, I don't feel it, I, I really don't so feel, I've got to feel it if it's real. If it's real, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel it. I ask you, why do so many relationships with the cultural elite, with the Hollywood actresses and actors, these beautiful people, why do so many of those end up in the deep weeds? Man, if I was married to her, look at that body. Look at that face. Look at that bank account. Whoa, that would be it. Oh, girl, if I was married to him, he's worth a couple of hundred million. I mean, look at him. But it's not working for him. I wonder why. After the feelings fade in these relationships where there's no hesed, there's nothing left. After the feelings stop, There's nothing left. What do you do? We need loyal love. We need need Hesed. So I would argue true love begins where feelings end. When feelings end, I'm not saying feelings aren't great. They're awesome. When feelings end, that's where true love begins. So I would challenge you to submit, to commit your feelings to your commitments. 
Yes, commit your feelings, your emotions to your commitments. What are you talking about? Well, what if I did this? I feel like I should do this. Well, stop, rewind, commit that feeling to the covenant of marriage. Well, I think I might buy this or do that. Stop. Take that financial emotion, that feeling, that quiver in your liver, and put it against the backdrop of God's financial freedom that he gives us in Scripture. So I commit my feelings to my commitments. So we need to act on our commitments. We shouldn't act on our feelings. Because when I start acting on my feelings, I'm all jacked up, and so are you. And if you look around, that's the reason. And I'm not, I'm not hating on, on the A-listers. I'm just saying most of them don't have hesed. You can't expect them to go past their feelings. Once those are over, it's done. See ya. It's over. So then when that's done, I feel this, I'll feel that, and every feeling becomes another pathway, and we follow the feelings, and then it's over, and then we follow the feelings, and then it's over, and then we follow the feelings, and then we're over, and then people say, oh yeah, I'm good at starting love, but I'm terrible at finishing. We're hungry for hesed. It's all about hesed. So, so, so eat, pray, and love. It's about hesed. She said, he said hesed. Say it with me. You got it. Ruth chapter 1, verse 8. Now we're going to pick up Naomi. Naomi's in Moab. Moab is out of the will of God. She's gone through a horrendous, hellacious time of suffering. Her daughters-in-law, widows, Oprah, not Oprah, Oprah and Ruth have moved in with her. They're hanging out in Moab. And back in the day when you were a woman, if, if, if this stuff happened, man, it was tough. Good luck. You had nothing. Nothing. So think about Ruth for a second. Her dreams have died. Her husband and sons have died. Everything has died. The only thing she has left, Ruth and Orpah. And now we're going to see Naomi. She is even cutting that relationship off. She is even saying, you know what? I'm ready to kill this relationship. Why? Hesed. Ruth chapter 1, verse 8. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, here's a key in the Bible. Whenever you read about the first words a character utters in Scripture, normally it reflects their core values. That's just a little biblical hint. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back to Moab, because she's going right to Bethlehem, to God's country. Each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you chesed. As you have shown chesed to your dead husbands and to me. That's interesting because Ruth and Orpah have shown chesed to Naomi. Naomi has shown chesed to them. So this is telling me, as I show chesed to others, many times others will show chesed back to me. I mean, that's, that's really comforting. And so often God uses human agents to show Hesed, to show his love to you and me, especially during a time of suffering. So I would say, based on this scripture, 
that suffering is the context where true love begins. Suffering is the crucible where true love kicks in. Now that's, I mean, that is deep. It goes back to my friend I talked about who's dying unless God shows up in a huge way. Recently, Lisa and I were talking to his wife, and here's what she told us. I was shocked by this. Through her tears, she said, you know, it's horrible. I can't describe it, but she said, I cannot tell you, Ed and Lisa, what I've learned about love through this process. Now, when she told me that, I'm thinking, man, I don't understand that at all. That, that doesn't make sense. But now, as I've studied the book of Ruth, here's what the Bible does. As I've understood what Hesed is all about, this loyal love, I'm like, okay, I get it. But God bless Naomi. She was willing to, to, to die to self to allow Ruth and Orpah to go back to Moab and she was just putting one foot in front of the other foot. So often when we're suffering, that's all we can do is just show up. One foot. And this doesn't sell any books talking about this stuff. In front of another book. Conferences are not packed when you talk about this. One foot in front of another foot. So here, she's facing life alone. But here's what God does. Ruth. Ruth. Orpah goes, you know what? I'm done. I'm going back to Moab. But, but check out Ruth chapter 1, verse 14, because we're getting ready to go Velcro. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. And as I've always said in this teaching, many times we will kiss Jesus on Sunday, and live in Moab the rest of the week. That's a whole other message. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth, Velcro, read it, clung to her. See, God used his human agent, as I said earlier, Ruth, to go hesed on Naomi. Naomi showed Hesed to them. You girls go, have a good time, enjoy the rest of your life. You're beautiful, you're hot, you're young, go find some Moab guys. I'm going to go it alone. That's some serious commitment. And now God uses Ruth because Ruth sees something different in Naomi's life and she clings to her so she shows Hesed to her. Is that crazy? It's really, really amazing. Here's another one. Death is the center of love. Death is the center of love. Obviously, the death of Jesus is the center of love. Dying to self is the center of love. Lisa and I have written a number of books on marriage. We've lectured on marriage a lot. And I'll tell you right now, I am the biggest problem in our marriage. I am. Self. And Lisa would say, you know what, Ed? I, I, I'm the biggest. No, I'm the biggest problem in our marriage. 
That's, that's my problem. That's your problem. Self. So we have to die, death, die to self. Again, we're talking Hesed now. We've got to have a funeral, bury our ambitions, bury our aspirations, our dreams, and allow Jesus to live his desires, his dreams through us. That's, that's what it means. Death being at the, at the center of love. This is not feelings-based, and the juxtaposition is feelings versus hesed. You've got feelings versus loyal love. It's happening 3,100 years ago, and it's happening right here today. So, so Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live is in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Velcro, suffering, death. I remember when Lisa and I found out that our son EJ had and has neurofibromatosis, a genetic disorder where tumors grow on the nerve endings. We discovered this when EJ was several months old. He's now 22. He's had some tumors, but, but they've, been, they've been benign. Some are on his body, but, but, he's, but he's, doing, he's doing well. When we found that out, though, we discovered there's two types of neurofibromatosis. One, that takes your life very early. The other, you sort of live with. And that was a time of suffering in our marriage, a time of suffering for us, even in our church. We'd moved to Dallas-Fort Worth, one car, one kid, and a dream, 30 families. We'd been in rented facilities for a long, long time, and we had the urge to have our own church, and we had zero money. The church did. Yet, through all of this, and in the middle of this, EJ's situation, and I remember thinking, God, what? I mean, I, I've served you, God. I'm, I'm faithful. I'm, I'm, I'm pure. I'm, I'm this. I'm that. I, yet Lisa and I began to understand early on the power of this loyal love, the power of Hesed, the power of, of moving through suffering, the power of God using human agents to touch us and to minister to us and to help us. We need Hesed. We need it. Well, now we move over to our man Boaz. I'm just running through it right quick. So check it out. Ruth is so immersed in Hesed. She's like, man, I, I'm going to serve you, Naomi. You're my girl. You're older. I mean, I doubt you're going to get married again. And you're, and you're too old to have kids, so I'm going I'm to be with you. I'm with you. They cruise into Bethlehem. The barley harvest is happening. And she's like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I am, Naomi, going to go out. I'm going to work, and I'm going to glean. I'm going to pick up some, some wheat that's left over for our food. we got to eat. So ladies, listen to me. She wasn't thinking about, oh, maybe I'll meet a rich guy. Maybe I'll meet billionaire Boaz. Let me go on this website, Boaz 
billionairetypes.com. No, no, no. She was so, she was so, so immersed in Hesed, she was thinking so much about the other person, which Hesed does. It's not like, oh, okay, if you do this, no, no. She was so into Hesed, she goes out, focused, collecting wheat, and while she's working, Boaz, billionaire Boaz shows up. He's like, man, this girl has Hesed all over her. And man, that, whoa, and she's great looking too. And, and then he begins to show her Hesed, and then they find out that Boaz is a near relative back in the day who could be the redeemer who could redeem the whole situation, who could, if he wanted to, marry Ruth and take care of Naomi for the rest of their days. And Boaz, you're talking about Hesed? He sees Hesed, and then he goes Hesed. He goes over and above what he should do to help Ruth who helped Naomi, and you've got a Hesed fest going on. <laughs> she said, he said, Hesed. Say it again. He said, she said, Hesed. He said, she said, Hesed. Yeah, 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 Hesed. We need Hesed. We need Hesed. So the Lord bless him, Naomi said, talking about Boaz to her daughter-in-law. He's not stopped showing his Hesed to the living and the dead. She added, that man's our close relative. He's one of our guardian redeemers. So he's going to a Hesed another level, H&L. I know that was kind of weak, but I just decided to throw that in. Ruth 3.10, the Lord bless you. Now here's Boaz. My daughter, this Hesed, this kindness is greater than, you've outdone your former Hesed, Ruth. That which you showed earlier. You've not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. That is amazing. So they get married. They have a kid. The kid becomes the grandfather of David and the family tree of Jesus. Who, of course, is all about Hesed. And then I read this too. One commentator wrote, this child was not Boaz's heir, but Naomi's heir. I think there's some Hesed in the house, don't you? I think there's some Hesed all over the place. But, 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 but. Velcro. I mean, that's what I come to when it comes to, to Hesed, Velcro. Velcro works. I mean, I love Velcro. When it's messy outside, when it's hot, when it's cold, even when I've been kind of upside down in a boat, Velcro works. And a little bit, five-inch square holds the time. A little bit goes a long way. Hesed works when it's messy. And our lives are messy, aren't they? When it's cold. When it's hot, when we have doubts, when we're upside down, a little bit goes a long way. Do we have some Hesed in the house? I said, do we have some Hesed in the house? I said, do we have some Hesed in the house? 
Does somebody need some Hesed here? If you need some Hesed, stand. If you need some Hesed, stand. If you need some loyalty, stand. If you need some love, stand. If you need some kindness, stand. If you need some mercy, stand. If you need it in your marriage, if you need it in your business, if you need it in your dating relationships, if you need it in your finances, God, we need Hesed. Father, we thank you for your Hesed. And I pray now if someone here has not responded to your Hesed that, that they would do so. You might be going, Ed, how do I do that? You do that simply by saying these words. These are words that I said years ago when I responded to the Hesed of Jesus, this unconditional, irrational love, this loyal love. Just say this. Just say, God, I admit to you that I've messed up. I admit to you that I've gone Moab. I've done my own thing my own way. I turn from my sin and turn to you, God. God, I believe you love me so much you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And right now, I ask you, Jesus Christ, to infiltrate my life, to forgive me my sins, to cleanse me. Jesus, you're my Redeemer. You're my Lord. You're my God. If you said that prayer, that's the best thing that you'll ever do. That's it. And God has an amazing agenda for your life. It's not easy, it's not perfect. You're gonna go through times of doubt, times of suffering, times of death, depression. But I'm telling you, as you put one foot in front of the other, God will use people, his church, obviously his spirit, his word, to point you to where he wants you to go. Others here, God, need just a hunk of hesed in a marriage. Maybe you're struggling in a parenting issue. Maybe you're just struggling with some sort of a hurtful habit. Or maybe you're so focused on what happened to Moab, even though you find yourself in Bethlehem, you're like, I can't get Moab out of my mind. God is a God about the future, not the past. So, Father, we thank you for this time. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.